Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Yeah, baby. It's hour five of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. Hope you're having a fantastic day. We're going to be on the Cowboys coming up at 620. Little Cowboys news of the evening. Mavs are off one more night. They return to action tomorrow at home against the Phoenix Suns, 630 on TNT. Joining us now, Nick Engstadt, locked on Mavs here on 105.3 The Fan. And a good evening, sir. How the heck are you? Doing well, coming off of the All-Star weekend, and uh, yeah, ready for the rest of the season to get started. Now, were you there, Nick? I was. What'd you think? It was cold, guys. It was was very (laughs) cold. It was like 12 degrees one day. There were ice sculptures all over the place. There was like a nine-foot Larry Bird that was outside one of the venues, and uh, I think it was getting stronger as the weekend went. I don't think that it was melting at all uh, throughout the weekend, but Indiana did a great job. It, it, It was fun. There's not a ton to do in Indianapolis, but I thought it was it was a fun weekend. What was the reaction inside the building uh, to the dunk fest and, and, and the lack of effort? Was it as big a deal as it has resonated over uh, national media since then? The funniest part about the dunk contest was was the reaction because it they had it in Lucas Oil Stadium where the Colts play. So it was, it's this huge venue where they tried to cut off half of it. Like it seats 70,000, so I think like twice as big as the AAC. And <laughs> they tried to cut off half of it. And they're trying to capture the audio of all the crowd. And, like, it was just too big to capture. But the, the reaction from the crowd during the dunk contest was more about the booze from, for Jalen Brown's score. So, like, Jalen Brown, was, <laughs> they were cooking the books for him a little bit because they finally got an all-star to join the playing <laughs> dunk contest. And so he was getting some, some scores that I think were a little fraudulent. And so they, you know, they were getting really upset about that. And then Jalen Brown does that dunk where they turn the court into the Celtics court. And that was maybe the loudest I heard the crowd all weekend because they were so upset that they brought in the Celtics court and put it on there. Like, you imagine if they did that in Dallas and all of a sudden it was the Rockets court or the Spurs court. We'd be like, what are you doing? Stop. Don't do this. Yeah, that that's a jam up right there. Uh, okay, so I, I've been meaning to, to to get your thoughts on this, man. I, I I saw the Mavs were listed as one handicapper's favorite bet to win it all right now because they're sitting at thirteen to one odds, and he says this is such great value for how well they are playing. Nick, when it comes to thinking about the Mavs, do you put them in a championship context right now? If you look at the West, you can just look across and go, all right, who are you really scared of, right? And if you put Luca and Kyrie in a series, 
anything can really happen against that team. The one team that I look at in the West and say, oh, I don't think they have a shot, is the Denver Nuggets. And my colleague, Adam Marez from Locked On Nuggets, Locked On NBA, and then on DNVR as well, was doing a show, and he said, man, if the Mavs and Nuggets square up in a playoff game, I would give the Mavs 45% chance to win. And he knows the Nuggets better than anybody. Like, they just really specifically struggle with the type of offense that the Mavs run. And so if they're kind of worried about it, then, you know, the Clippers, they have James Harden. I'm not sure that I'd be worried about, about that type of team, even though they're playing really well. The Thunder and the, the Timberwolves are both young, and the Mavs play the Thunder pretty well, and they've played the Timberwolves well this season. Like, they kind of match up pretty well against a lot of these teams, and they just added some size. And so I'm not like I – I don't know that I would pick them as a favorite, but if you're one of those people that tries to bet some of those long-shot odds, like, I don't know, you got Luka Doncic. What else could happen? How about this impact Gafford's having as well? Did, did you expect it to be this much? I, th- I think I expected him to fill in really well. Luca takes centers like that. I mean, look at Li- look at what Lively has done. Look at what, look at Dwight Powell's about to hit top five in Mavs history in games played. Like he, he takes centers and just makes them <laughs> something that I think that, that are a little bit better than what they are. And so I knew he was going to fit in really well. And I knew he would be an easier fit than PJ Washington, but his rebounding talking about Gafford Gafford's rebounding is a big change. And it's, it, I think he's a little bit better than lively in that sense. Cause he just pushes guys around. He's, you know, five years older and bigger and stronger in that, in that sense. And so his rebounding has been a big deal for the Mavericks. We, we haven't had a center like that in Dallas in a while, I, I've been telling some of my listeners on Lockdown Mavs, think about the last time the Mavs had a two-center a two punch like this, like a one-two punch. It was probably 2011 yes. with Haywood and Tyson Chandler. Like, that's probably the last time the Mavs have had two centers like this. Do you think it's enough that it gives them a, a, a chance of going up against the teams with the best centers in the game? It's not – I mean, it's not going to be enough against Jokic, but what is? You know, you got to game plan your whole your whole team around him. After that, you start looking, especially in the West, who are the other centers you're even talking about? Just like Minnesota. From, from top to bottom, it's Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. All right. Luca just obliterates him anytime he plays him. Uh, Chet Holmgren. Okay. <laughs> not, not really concerned about him necessarily. Uh, Zubats. Luca obliterates him too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned Jokic. Uh, Nurkic. Luca destroys him too. It's like all these centers across the board, they have a really hard time guarding Luca. And so you have to guard the Mavericks too if you're going to say that. And so. I don't think you're looking at any centers across the West right now, except for maybe Sabonis. Sabonis is the one that if you're in a, a playoff series against him, that you're like, ah, we're not really certain about that. But then who's guarding Luka? Who's guarding Kyrie? You know, how are they guarding you? That That's sort of the question you have to answer against these Mavs. Nick Angstadt, Locked On Mavs, uh, with us here in the G-Bag Nation. Uh, we, we know the offense is just always going to be there. As long as this team is healthy, the offense is not going to be an issue. What do you think is the ceiling for this team defensively? It's changed definitely now. I mean, P.J. Washington's defense has been a revelation for them as well. I mean, he steps up and he's been guarding the best players and he's really versatile and has prided himself on that end and definitely has been better than what Grant Williams brought the team or, you know, what Reggie Bullock was at the end of his time. And so the Mavericks have a, a legit, you know, wing guy that can defend three, four, sometimes five, you know, sometimes guards as well. And so I think that's big. Having the two centers, though, I think is just massive. And I'm curious how that's going to look in a playoff series. How much can you play Gafford? He's only played five playoff games ever for the Wizards. Lively's never played a playoff game. How will they look in those certain contexts? But now that you have two of them, like if one can't play, odds are the other one is going to be able to play, and they'll step up in that sense. So I think their defense, their defense has also always been predicated on effort. 
Can this team put together a good defensive game? Yes, kind of whenever they want to. Not that they're a really good defensive personnel team or anything like that, but if they put in the effort, they can look like a really good defensive team and they can come out and take care of business and then their offense carries them over the the finish line, right? And so in the playoffs, that effort is just going to be there all the time, which is what we saw two years ago when the team was a much better defensive team in the regular season, but then all of a sudden they ratcheted it up in the playoffs and you go, oh my gosh, this team can beat anybody at this point. And so I think that's where we're going to see this in the same vein as well, is that once they turn it on, once they put in that effort, uh, it just looks like a different team. Nick, I totally get it's been a small sample size with Gafford and Washington, and maybe the answer to this would be it's matchup dependent. But for you, what do you think the ideal closing five lineup will be against some of these top teams that they're going to be playing here coming out of the All-Star break? Yeah, you couched it enough for me that I have to I have to come up with five names, right? I can't just I can't just uh, say it depends on matchups or anything like that. Um, yeah, I think I think Luca Kyrie is obviously they're going to be there. I think PJ Washington is definitely in there too. And then I think you then I think you they kind of can play like the hot hand after that, right? Is is Josh Green playing well that night? Is Derek Jones Jr. you know good matchup because of his his shooting? I think Maxi Kleba is more likely than not the five man in that closing lineup okay. because of the spacing that it brings because of the switchability. Like, I think if I had to guess who's going to close a lineup, it wouldn't be Gafford or lively. I think it would be Maxi. What do you think of the PJ Washington fit you alluded to earlier? Do you think that'll get sorted out and be smooth or is it going to be a, a rough, rougher ride? It depends on what you look at defensively. It's been smooth. Like so far, I mean, he's looked really good. I think that he's added a lot offensively, he's going to be like Sean Marion from 2011, right? Sean Marion would, would have some games. You know, he had like, he had like 20 games or so, or so in 2011 where he had zero to nine points. And then he had like 40 games where he had like 10 to 19 points. And then he had a couple games where he had 20 points. You know, it, it, he's just going to bounce back and forth. He was inconsistent with the, with the Hornets as well, trying to find his spot in this lineup. But he can attack off the dribble. We've seen that already. The Mavs, you know, he'll be able to take advantage of that as long as Luca or Kyrie are getting doubled. And so as long as he can take, advantage of that finish around the rim too he had a couple of alley-oops already which is like a big difference between him and grant williams is his ability to dunk like at all really and so you've got that and so i think he's fit pretty well the shooting has not come around yet and that's something that he has been kind of shaky in the past but he's been really streaky there you know he had a game where he scored 43 this season he hit seven threes in that game like he's capable of doing it it just maybe won't be as consistent as we would hope. Nick, you mentioned Grant Williams. If if we did an anonymous poll in the Mavs organization, who do you think would come back as being more annoying, Grant Williams or Christian Wood? <laughs> I don't know that like players didn't like Christian Wood as much. I just think that he he just he didn't follow through like on the court as much and did you know was not great defensively and got lost. I'm like, I don't think he rubbed players necessarily the wrong way uh, necessarily. Maybe they blame him for some of the, the failures of the team, but I think it would be I think it would be Grant Williams, maybe because of a recency bias thing. You uh, kind of blew up uh, Mavs Twitter yesterday, certainly with the Mavs ticket holders finding out uh, about maybe a little price increase. Well, what can you share with us about that for those that didn't see and what was the reaction and response? Yeah, I like to, to gauge where, like, when I see a story like that, so it was the number one, it was one of the number one trending things on NBA Reddit yesterday was all of a sudden this, this person posted, all of a sudden my Mavs season tickets are 50% higher than they were the season before. I was like, that's, that's pretty high. And there was no notice or anything. And so I just posted it on, you know, on Twitter, which I still call it Twitter. And I wanted to just see, does anyone else have this same thing? And I got hundreds of responses. I got tons, I got dozens of DMs too from people on Instagram and on Twitter at Nick Van Exit on all of those. And I, 
I found like that this is true. Like they're all these are increasing. It's almost like they're getting like a championship tax. You know, when like a team wins a championship and all of a sudden the tickets are way higher the next year. Uh, from everyone that I heard from, I heard from their their season tickets or mini ticket plans or anything like that are raising from eight to fifty percent. Uh, some of this is like it's like thousands of dollars. Some of these that are getting raised, and this is and you know D Magazine wrote a story on it. Mike Pellucci reached out to the Mavs and they basically told him like, yeah, we're keeping it within league average and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know about that. Mm. And so this is kind of what happens with new owners, right? New owners come in and as much as fans were kind of excited that Mark Cuban was not going to be meddling in what the Mavs do anymore. You know, that Brunson story is going around again today, but as much as they're excited about that, Mark Cuban cared an awful lot about the Mavericks and about the fans and about all that and about normal people. I don't know that this new family or these new owners are, de- are necessarily in that same boat with him. And so this is part of part of that. Were you frustrated to hear the uh, Brunson story as it circulated that bring back bad memories? Are you kind of okay with how this all played out? I'm frustrated that we have to keep doing this. How many times do we have to go over the same things over and over again? The Mavs messed it up. They messed it up three different times. They messed it up on his rookie contract. Now it's Donnie Nelson where they didn't give him restricted free agency at the end of it. He was just going to be an unrestricted free agent because they wanted to do different amount of years on the rookie scale contract because he was a second round pick. If Brunson was like a pick five picks earlier, this wouldn't even be a problem because he'd be an automatic restricted free agent. It's very weird. Then you have the season where he starts, you know, ascending, where he starts to become a crucial piece, which was the season after he got benched in the playoffs. So they didn't really know what to do with him or how to pay him. They were, you know, apparently they had that contract, the four for 55 that's going around. And, you know, there's, there's things back and forth where the Mavs either offered that or he didn't take it or Rick Brunson says that he would have and all that. But we don't really know what Brunson was going to be at that point. But the Mavs, if he was going to take that, the Mavs should have offered him that then, right when it was. But then they tried to trade him to try and, you know, fix that and all that. And then there was not giving him as much money as possible that summer when he walked. If they just had given him the full max, which, you know, myself and Isaac Harris on Lockdown Mavs, we were all for at the time, just given the max, you can't lose this guy. And so that's what they messed. They messed up three different times on it. And that's, that's two different front offices. That's, you know, Cuban all throughout, you know, it's, it's just, it's a failure on so many different levels. It's the Steve Nash thing all over again, except for maybe Brunson's probably not going to win two MVPs. Yeah. Yeah. But he is damn good. And, and that is massively disappointing. Okay. Final thought here. It kind of goes back to the owners and hopefully with their high, high ticket prices, they can justify going into the luxury tax, but w- what's the Mavs opportunities to improve coming up this summer? Do they have the mid-level? How many picks can they trade and how much better could they theoretically be uh, for the next season after a, hopefully a deep playoff run? Yeah. So I'm going to push back on the notion that they can just spend. It's a different NBA right now because of the new CBA. It's not just whoever can spend the most, gets the most, or has the most players or anything like that. If you get put into the luxury tax and then what they call the first apron and then the second apron, those all of a sudden you have restrictions. These teams in the first apron or the second apron, this season, like the Heat and the, the Suns and the uh, Bucks and teams like in the Warriors, Clippers, teams like that, they couldn't sign buyout players like Spencer Dinwiddie because he was making too much money. Like you're restricted from doing certain things. These teams that are in the second apron for two years in a row, all of a sudden get draft picks frozen. So you can't trade them. You can't really use them. It's it's just, it really holds you back. They really want to try to level the playing field in that regard. And so Hmm. as much as we also love the idea of these new owners coming in with all the money in the world and all that, uh, it's not as big of an advantage as it has been, you know, for what the Warriors have done. But what the Mavs have this, this summer is, they're going to have two first-round picks they'll be able to trade. They'll be, you know, future first-round picks. They, you know, could 
do pick swaps with them too if they wanted to. But then they also have uh, four second round picks that they'll be able to move as well. You'll have the expiring contract of Tim Hardaway Jr. will be about what seventeen, eighteen million. Maxi's deal will only be two more years. Like you'll have some things that you can move around and some things you can do this summer. So I think they'll definitely make another move because they got to keep taking steps forward. I love it, Nick. Thank you so much. That's a terrific report. We look forward to chatting Mavs with you sometime again in the future, sir. Anytime, guys. Nick Engstead, Locked On Mavs, joining you here on 105.3 The Fan. Yeah, that was that was great. Okay, uh, when we come back, we'll chuck a little C-note. Cowboys news of the evening. What kind of subjects are we looking at? Yeah, we got Jake Ferguson talking on Big Hank, Jonathan Hankins' podcast about his time so far in Dallas. We'll hear from Fergie next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply after the end of a good fight you deserve an ice cold reward Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, buddy. Welcome back, Nation. Segments brought to you by the Frankels. We got some Cowboys content here for you, some Jake Ferguson audio. Life's unpredictable. Accidents happen. Franklin Frankel, the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in DFW. If you or a loved one has been in an accident, contact the Frankels. 214-817-333-3333. Jump online to truckwreck.com. And here's uh, Zach Wolchuk with that C-note. Cowboys news of the evening. Thank you very much. Big Biscuit, Jake Ferguson's been making the rounds uh, with the media lately. I think he was just on NFL Total Access talking about his time getting ready for the NFL Scouting Combine, which will be coming up next week. But he was just on his teammate and hopefully remains teammate, Big Time Hank, Jonathan Hankins podcast. And he was talking about a variety of things, his current season that he just came off of, Dak Prescott meeting him for the first time, blocking Tank as a rookie. But we'll start off with him being drafted by the Cowboys and how this really was home for Big Biscuit. How did you feel getting that call, and uh, what did Jerry say to you? It was crazy. Uh, So I, the whole draft process, I was like, I was manifesting Cowboys. Like, I have a video on my phone of me at the Combine zooming in on a Cowboys hat, and I'm like, Dallas, I'm ready. And... So I was sitting there, and Baltimore comes up, like Baltimore's on the clock, and my phone starts ringing. I go, F-. I'm like, I'm going to Baltimore. Like, all right, man. And I flip my phone over, and it says the star. Mm-hmm. And I pick it up, and it's Jerry, and I'm like, oh, wait, like here we go. And he's like, how about we put a star on that helmet? Yeah. <laughs> I, go, I go, yeah, lock me in. 
and yeah, that was pretty much it from there. Man, that, I had that feeling the time Roger Staubach called me a couple years back. It was crazy. That Looked is down at my nuts. phone. I was like, you got to be kidding me. This has got to be like his real estate office or something, right? Nope, it was Roger. I would love to. I wish we had the sound of how you answered that phone call. Just Man. How Hello? did you answer with confidence? Like, like a question mark? Dodger? Dawson here. I think that's probably what I said. And I, I don't know, my, my tone, you know, when you're talking with somebody who's so revered and respected and is your grandparents' age, essentially, it is very, yes, sir, is there anything I can do for you? Right. You know, I, you, you, would have, you would have thought I sounded like... Pure gentleman. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just Sweetheart a of a man. You're That's on right. your A game right there with Rodgers. That's how, you said you guys ended up talking for a little bit, right? Yeah, he was looking for the quarterback, I think, at UTEP. Uh, Loffenberg right. had asked him and some other legends to call Gavin. <laughs> yeah, call Gavin. <laughs> and I don't think Loffenberg had his readers on when he uh, texted my number to them. So he cop- copied, or yeah, he copied my number thinking it was the quarterback at UTEP, a different Gavin. That's amazing. <laughs> such yeah. a, that's such an epic story, dude. Uh, Jake Ferguson on meeting Dak after getting drafted. How was that interaction the first time you ever uh, got to speak with Dak Prescott? What would you say your first impression of when you met Dak? Dak? Yeah. You know he te- he texted he texted me he texted me right when I got drafted. He's like, hey man, like the typical like, hey man, welcome yep. to Dallas. And I'm drunk as hell. I go, hey <laughs> folks, I'm catching everything hey, coming my way. <laughs> he, I got no response. No. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, we just I think he th- he lasered one at to me at OTAs, and he goes, "I thought you're catching everything." I just started dying. Like I'm, <laughs> like you know, the the media portrays him crazy, but he's just a dude, like a funny dude, funny yeah. guy. Like a, I love him. Now nah, he's hilarious. I guess he's got to be talking national media with that, because it's like I don't think anybody's tried to portray Dak as nothing but like an awesome guy. Like anytime we've gotten to talk with Dak, he's literally one of the greatest dudes you're ever going to get to interview. Or yeah, I think around. he's just lumping in all the Dak conversation. Just like in general? Yeah, just the general Dak conversation, which is, you know, very, very polarizing. Oh, yeah. And then yeah, yeah, maybe I mean, it's like, yeah, he gets, he gets so much attention, he could be like a superstar, but I think you're arriving from college. It's like, oh, wow, you're just a regular guy. Yeah. You're not this old, ultra celebrity, you know, like Hollywood quarterback or anything. Just so amazing. Do you, do, you, do you save that Roger Stallback number in your phone, just to like have it, or does that thing get lost in the sauce? You don't actually go in and save it. I never that deleted thing? it, and, and not very many. I don't talk to many people on the phone, so let me see if I can go through my recents and find it. <laughs> that would be oh amazing. My, if it's still in the recents, <laughs> if it's that'd still be the recents, that's. That that is that is legendary. I don't talk on the phone, guy, and nobody calls awesome. me, guy. <laughs> so we always love the welcome to the NFL type of moments. I don't know that this was necessarily Fergie's, but he did talk about having to block uh, Demarcus Lawrence as a rookie. My rookie season, I was like, okay, this is where I'm decent on run blocking, except when it's D Law. And then I was like, <laughs> he, yeah, there's some certain things you just know. Like, oh my gosh. They can't expect for you to block, yeah. you know, certain guys, but you can chip them. But yeah, I'm in there blocking D Law my rookie fall camp. Mm-hmm. And he, like two plays in a row, just tosses me. And Coach Wells goes, You scared of him? And I go, No, I ain't scared of him. I just can't block him. <laughs> Man, and that's an area where I, I think Fergie is is solid at. He could is improve he? there. Uh, I, I do think he he's a pretty well-rounded overall tight end. He can get a little bit better when it comes to the blocking consistency. 
But, uh, man, that, that that's twice now in the last couple of weeks. You heard Puka Nakua mm-hmm. talking about having to do that crackback toss and block Tank, and Tank just throws him over to the side, gets a six-yard TFL. I mean, it, it does go to show you just how probably underappreciated DeMarcus Lawrence is. And we've talked about that, but a lot of people – I mean, I get it. The comments that he made, unacceptable, pissed me right off. But in terms of on the football field, DeMarcus Lawrence is an animal. Yeah, yeah, he, he's a menace for sure. And that's a guy that, that – like he's the type of dude that sounds like wants to be your welcome to the NFL moment yeah. guy too as a rookie. I'm picking on those rookies. I'm I'm ready for it. And that is eye opening for anybody. If you're Jake Ferguson, you've probably been a stud in football forever and now you're having to block Demarcus Lawrence and you you just can't. No. I mean, that's a humbling moment, no doubt about it. Okay, and then here was Fergie on uh right now, how he's feeling going into year two, just completed year going into year three, just completed year two. How's the career going? How you feel your, your career is going? You know, obviously it's only been two years, but you feeling in the game is starting to slow down for you? Slow down for sure this year completely. Um, I got so much more to give though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there were some I thought I had some drops this year where I was like, I might still be running. Yeah. Like, but definitely more to give. Definitely more to be just. Like my biggest thing is just consistency. Mm-hmm. You know, being dominant every game. Like. Run through faces every game, yeah. not just like, oh, we got, you know what I mean? Like, commanders on Thanksgiving, I'll make a couple. Ca- no, nah, I want to run through somebody's face on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I love it, man. The, the yeah. temperament, the play style. That's exactly what the team in general needs. Uh, you, you need to get some more of those guys defensively, I think. But that that type of personality is one that is this this team lacks that. He's on the short list of dudes that have it. And I think you need... You need quite a few of those guys on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and you don't have to be like the most athletic or the strongest. I mean, right. Fergie throws his body around and plays with a physicality that translates even though his combine scores kind of sucked. You know, that's why he wasn't drafted, but the tape says athlete. The 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 attitude um, and the, you know, the play style says this is one of the more physical players in the NFL. And, you know, yes, I agree with you guys. That's what the Cowboys need. But more than that, they need a reliable weapon that has the courage to go get that ball in the middle of the field. And that's what Jake Ferguson is. He is. With good hands and the ability to make guys miss if he is in space. Dude's tough as nails. And and I really think he's going to put himself into that top tier of tight ends. He's already a top 10 guy. Uh, I I think given another year or two, we're going to be talking about him. And you see like Travis Kelsey start to phase out. You think out. he's going Kelsey Kittle territory? I, I think he's going to be up there amongst the top three to five nice. tight ends in the game. Yeah, I, I, I do really think. Do. I, I think I think he'll be a top five kind of guy for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, and then we continue the Cowboys C-Note audio bonanza. T.Y. Hilton on the trenches pod. Now, T.Y., of course, was with the team two years ago, came in in December, uh, really was very productive for the Cowboys, became their number two option behind C.D. Lamb until they got knocked out in that San Francisco game. But I don't think we really gave enough respect to T.Y. on how he was able to impact C.D. Lamb's game and maybe help him. You know, I think C.D. always had it when it came to the talent uh, and, and the temperament to be a wide receiver one. But when it comes to some of the route running that you saw was super improved this year, I think T.Y. talks about some of this and how he was able to help C.D. Lamb. What, if any, difference do you see with wide receivers that came in with you in, like, 2012 and then, like, guys like now? Emo, athletic, bro. Emo, 
different genes. Jettas, Chase, man, them boys different, you heard yeah. me? They so yeah. athletic that if they had a vet, like a true vet, bro, that I can like help them, like CD, like me over there helping him, because the vet he had was Amari Cooper. I know Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper doesn't talk. I helped him, yeah. but it was an option route. Like I taught him like how to run a true option route. Like how you should run this corner. We called to play in the game. CD runs it. I told him to run it. He catches it. That little split second that I told him to change his angle, spin off the safety and skull. He said, I appreciate you, bro. Got my jersey that game. That's crazy. And yeah, I've been yeah. trying to tell people, bro, like CD is like that. Just me being around him, bro, and just watching him. Like he works, bro. I mean, he deserves everything he gonna get, bro. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding here. It's not by accident that CD Lamb has gotten definitively better objectively better in a multitude of different categories every single every year. year like every aspect to his game it's not even like one part of his game gets better it's just like every part of his game gets better year in year out and the numbers and the consistency and the versatility like it just becomes more and more highlighted and the negative plays go have gone away more you know you don't see as many of the the some of those drop moments that used to kind of buggy a little bit now yeah. he's obviously what we saw in the green bay game emotionally he's got to be able to figure himself out a little bit he acknowledged it when he was talking on on micah's podcast yeah. the other day so hopefully that that maturation where he's not already frustrated within the first five seconds of a playoff game winner go home all the marbles and this is what we're doing here but by and large that dude he's certified bona fide number yeah. one yeah, you know, he's he's got the talent, but he, he works so hard to keep his body in the best shape possible. But, uh, you know, the work ethic, I don't think, is something that he gets enough credit for. No. You know, his his caring a lot manifests in a lot of ways. And his his work ethic, I think it's right up there with Dak and the other hardest workers on the team. I'm with you. And uh, I did I do love how he's like, I know Amari. I mean, Amari doesn't talk. Amari wasn't over here helping C.D. Lamb, uh, much like people want to think like Romo was helping Dak. That wasn't the case. It was a Mark Sanchez guy that was helping Dak. Here was T.Y., uh, helping with some of the subtleness in the routes of CD Lamb, and hey, you, you, it's one thing to be taught it; you have to go and implement it in a game. And here was CD, literally a week later, implementing it in a win over the Eagles last year. So that's pretty awesome. I did also see uh, some of the free agents. There's three of them that Mike Zimmer has a history with that maybe the Cowboys could get linked to. Now I don't know. Uh, a lot of this always, you know, when we talk about this, the dollars have to make sense. But we talked about star pass rusher Neil Hunter yesterday. Another option, if you want to add another pass rusher, and keep in mind, the Cowboys have their own free agents that are probably going to go maybe to Washington with Dan Quinn, whether that's Dante Fowler, Dorrance Armstrong's a free agent. They do need to add some edge rushers. But Yannick Ngakwe, who's kind of been a little bit of a mercenary, still just 28 years old, he's been bouncing from team to team. But coming off a down year with the Bears, uh, he's probably going to be much more affordable. And the Vikings actually traded for Yannick Ngakwe when Zimmer was there as the head coach. And, you know, he's a guy that Zim would know. Uh, we'd have to probably get more information like how does Zim feel about him. But he's averaged over eight sacks, 17 quarterback hits, uh, nine tackles for loss per season in his eight years in the NFL. And he's forced 21 fumbles. So he's a guy that can be a very productive player. And you might be able to get him at a perfect time where he's coming off a down year. So the asking price for the market might not be so big. So that, that might be a name to look at as well as Linville Joseph. And you broke down the article yesterday yep. about how Mike Zimmer really made Linville Joseph's career. Now, he's a little bit of an older guy, but as a defensive tackle, and we know the Cowboys have done this before when they brought in like Jason Peters a few years ago. He's 35. He's nearing the end of his career. But if you're looking for like a one-year a one -year type of dude like you've done with Jonathan Hankins just to keep adding size in the middle of that defensive line rotation, stack him up like club sandwiches, right? Like Bill Parcells said, That's Linville right. Joseph, you could be going back to that well as well. We'd be clubbing. And then the final name 
This is a toughie. Usually I try and practice these, and I did practice this one, but I'm still not I'm still not confident, guys. What happened? Fetty Odenigbo. Okay. I think I nailed it. I think I nailed it. He's a defensive end. He was with the Vikings in 2017 with Zim. He got a deal with the Jets last offseason. Not expensive whatsoever. We're talking about like a one-year, $1 million deal. But uh, between 2017 and 18 with Zim, he had 10.5 sacks, 28 quarterback hits, 10 TFLs. So he fit and excelled in Mike Zimmer's defensive system. So just some more names to look at as the Cowboys get closer to free agency. Did, you, did I hear a million dollars? Yeah, for one year. Boom. That's a that's that's the per when when Zimmer comes in he doesn't like Stephen Jones doesn't need to know the name of the player the position anything when yep. Zimmer comes in and just says hey I got a guy and this is how cheap he is done deal no problem can't wait to meet him he's gonna say I seen your fat ass since you walked in the door I believe <laughs> matter of fact right Fetty? Let's I go. think he nailed it dude Fetty, yeah all right we got a rock nation uh, we got uh, crosstalk with the get right coming up tonight's configuration Reggie and Blake. And uh, we'll be chatting with them about what's coming up on their broadcast next right here. It's the G-Bag Nation on 105 Through the Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yes, sir. Welcome back. It is the G-Bag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Get Right's coming up next. Tonight's configuration, Reggie and Blake. Gentlemen, how the heck are you? Yo, living, fellas, living. How are y'all? We're doing great. Um, What's coming up on the show? Uh, We got a fun show, four hours. Uh, We're going to talk to a friend who has feet on the ground in Surprise, Arizona, Kennedy Landry. MLB.com, we'll talk to her at 720. And at 840, what's something you're just dying to try? I just want to kind of, yesterday we we got into the bidet conversation again because my brand as a bidet ambassador is very strong. I got a text from some friends. They were like, oh man, we're at a bar right now. And they're arguing about the bidets, and we had to let you know. And I was like, I appreciate that. And then that sparked a whole bidet conversation on the air. As it should. And I think I got a few people. I think I've converted some more. And so I'm like, all right, I'm interested in seeing what other things people are excited to try in their lives. So we'll talk about that. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to lie. Uh, You know, the Aaron Rodgers ayahuasca story is interesting. Mm, Yeah. I think that'd be, it it seems like the king of all of those like therapeutic hallucinogens. Right. I'd like to fly down to South America, get in the Andes Mountains, find me like a, a shaman or a shaman. Sure. Uh, you know, and go through that whole deal. I'm I'm kind of with you there. Uh, I know Neil Brennan. He does a, a pretty good podcast. I feel like all these comedians are doing podcasts, but they're often very good. Yeah, he talks about ayahuasca like that's his religion. Wow. Now is like that he he has some. Le- he was previously an atheist. Now he feels like some level of kind of like agnostic in a way where an ayahuascan. Yeah, I don't know if that's <laughs> if that's a technical term, but I look that seems to be where he is. And if somebody has that level of belief, I'm like, all right, I, I, I'm 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 intrigued by this, the the uh, the thought of it. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, the the people that go through that, a lot of them find it to be a very healing. You know, and I'm always up for a little bit more of that. So you are you guys are lighting candles up here, right? Oh yeah, that's that is a that's what another thing that's a strong in my brand. Oh, uh, we're lighting them up here in the studio. Yeah, yeah you absolutely. got the champagne oh, toast, like the big old famous, nice. uh, big old uh, fancy candles. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Bed Bath and Beyond style. Oh, I mean, hey. <laughs> What are you talking about? Most right people now? prefer to vape. Uh, you know, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about the right 21st now. Twenty first century. Officer. 
no, yeah, every once in a while, I'll bring a candle up here. It's night time. Set, you know, set the vibes. I do like yeah. that. Did you ever cut the lights out and put the kids to bed? Uh, not usually going that far, mm-hmm. uh, but just the candle. Eventually, I think, you know, maybe maybe cutting the lights out would be uh, apropos. You guys are uh, akin, though, because in the break, I mean, there's uh, quite the, the hubris from old Blake Elliott over there yeah. about his vibes in his place of living. Yeah. Uh, if, living. If you get a candle, it, I, I told Wolchuk this last time I saw him, which was Thursday. If you get a candle, your whole day's better. You're having a bad day. Make your way down to TJ Maxx or wherever your local grocery store is. Get you a couple candles. Find some flavors and some scents that you like gonna change your whole mood i got one i told him a lavender wonderland mm-hmm. what i i give it its own name i don't really care what the name is <laughs> he described it's not really helpful as a, his... as a recommendation go get the lavender wonderland i'm not seeing that one here blake oh, but i heard the lavender wonderland <laughs> you gotta use your head guess i gotta go to the next grocery store <laughs> that's what he said his apartment is like a wonderland yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Which honestly, like that, now I, I, I also over. I also would like a Wonderland. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what that means, but I would like to be in a Wonderland. When, so when I think know, that works. it sounds it's inviting, mm-hmm. very fancy. You get it, and the, the whole mood is set. Whether it's just you, your lady. Your yeah, congrats friend. to all your all your visitors in that nope, way that no, are also no, joining no, you in a Wonderland. No, no, bottle of wine and candles for Ooh. Blake's self. Oh, he's like these yeah, candles see, are just for me. That's the, the bottle of wine. I think is what's changing your day there. No, the candles magic. Oh my god, <laughs> Bro, uh, now have you ever felt the need to uh, to light up some sage to clean the energy here? No, I haven't gone that far personally. Um, but I don't know. Are, uh, does it, do you feel Even like anybody? Sean and RJ. That's what I'm saying. Does anybody here have that bad of vibes? I feel like by the time we get to the nighttime, you guys have handled that. You guys got five hours of uh, sterling, flawless radio. Oh, thank you. Uh, by the time we get there, all I just need is just a little champagne toast to make it smell. Yeah, all of what you said plus what me and Wolchuk do. That's right. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the vibes are good. The, Scary movies. Yeah. I thought I thought it was a scary movie thing, lighting the sage. I've only seen that in horror movies. Uh, yeah, well, Kyrie I mean, Irving uh, thing too. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. that was that's the that's what it's synonymous for me for now. TD Garden. Yeah, so I just assume yeah. it's like uh, like bad vibes, and bad that could vibes. be like 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 horror like level spirits. vibes that you're trying to keep the bad spirits away. Do y'all watch horror movies alone? Or you no. have to be with somebody. I'm not really in on and with oh, just, or without. Okay. That's right. Okay. It's just not for me. I, I'll, I'll yeah. dabble. I'll dabble I, I like enough. a good horror movie with with someone. Yeah, if it's clever and has good suspense, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. But if it's just Hollywood suspense tricks and bang bang, you know, I'm, I'm kind of okay. Dude, know. I saw The Conjuring by mistake, and wait, wait, that was that was it. Uh, you, were, you were getting the uh, I didn't know fully what I was getting myself into. Single, single some, pay double feature for you. There, you just there, walked into a theater. There was some naivety involved. I knew that she was putting the DVD in or whatever, and it was it was coming on, but oh, I didn't realize no. what I was in for, and yeah. that has changed everything how, how about what I care about. I was in college. <laughs> he was like, this is two days ago. I was, <laughs> is I was 30 years old. Yeah. No, when she she gets thrown up into a chair and into yeah. the or yeah. in the chair into the ceiling the, the and she's spinning around and is gnarly. I can't that. handle it. See, is it because it's too real or just it's scary in general? It, it, like this could be real. Well, uh, apparently I, it is real. Yeah. It's based off a real life event. I think, I think that's what more the real aspect is the things that are based on real events rather than just like, like you said, Hollywood, just King Kong horror gore right, yeah. versus like, this is down the street in Birmingham, and this girl was possessed. And it's like, whoa. Right. I, I think for me, it's less that, that portion of it is just like the the feeling of being startled or scared is not enjoyable for me. And so, okay. like, because that's the whole premise is right. that you are going in, you enjoy like that feeling like in a way. Yeah, that's not where I want to yeah. be. Yeah. Right. Right. And so, yeah. if I know that about myself, I feel like I'm wasting money Bitch, here. Right? I'm with you on me. that, Reg. Bench. <laughs> so what? What's your reaction when like a family member hides behind a door and scares you? That's not oh. cool, right? They're like, <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I got you. You should have seen the look on your might, face. They might. They might catch right. <laughs> that's, the, that's the issue. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I had to really calm myself down literally today walking in my front door this morning. Uh, and I wasn't sure if my wife and my kids were still asleep. And so I'm going in quiet. She's around the corner. She jumps out and scares me. Yeah. And it was, it scared me enough to where I had to calm down because I was so upset at her. <laughs> I'm like, she doesn't even realize how much she's pissed me off. I need to, I need to walk away from Which her. Which year right are we now. talking about? Wifey or? Um, no, yeah, wifey. Okay, it, wasn't, was like, it wasn't my daughter. That was like, that was a whole other level. Right. Dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for that for sure. But my of wife course. will get me. The thing that we had to like, we had to nip in the bud early was you cannot do this to me. She had the habit of doing it to me when I'm taking a shower. And the You're slippery vulnerable. nature of that is just, oh, hey, no. you cannot do that here. I don't want it anywhere, but especially when I'm on a wet, slick tile, I don't need to be startled. The shower is the I'm going to fall. You're, yeah. you're vulnerable. You're wet. You're, you're not ready. If someone were to intrude on you, I had those thoughts all the time taking a shower. If someone were to come in, I don't know what this I'm going to do. This is bad. I don't. I'm just gonna oh, that's stand a terrible there. Thought. That's why you got. Your, that's why you get your uh, your bathroom baseball bat. You know what I mean? Just in case. The bathroom bat. That's right. Just yeah. right next to the toilet. Right there. Plunger. Bathroom baseball bat. You're good. I think plunger might be just as effective. Plunge's face. Oh yeah. What is this cartoon that you're living in? The plunge's face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the same as like a 32 ounce bat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. but with all the germs that get in his face, <laughs> he'll, he'll be he'll be dead in like three months. I'd rather be flat. hit by your bat than your used. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt, man. That get me running. Here they come to get right with Reggie and Blake tonight. Thanks so much to Carter Freeman and Lucius Alexander. Thanks to Wolchuk and Chia Follow Brian. Will be back on Monday. Send him some love on social media. Until tomorrow at 2, you're going home with the G-Bag Nation, Eddie's. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.